Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range, or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double breasted black blazer from a new to me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for, but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let me be honest here, I semi-regularly get stuck in a funk. Are you the same? If so, this interview is for you. You are listening to About Progress. This is episode 168, How to Get Out of a Funk with Natalie Norton. Welcome to About Progress. I am your host, Monica Packer, and I am here to guide you toward living the life you want. Each week, you'll hear interviews and teachings on how to balance self-development with self-acceptance. Listen in and join our community that knows life is about progress, not perfection. I would like to start this episode with a huge thank you. Last week, I asked you to fill out a survey and I honestly had one more week to announce it before the deadline was done, but you did it. You got us over the number I needed in just a week, which totally blew my mind. I am so grateful. Thank you for all of you who filled out that demographic survey for me. And we are done now with that. This month, we are talking all about how progress is messy. Last week, I introduced this new theme and we chatted about how fear of failure is getting in the way of our growth and what we can do to reframe it. 
So I definitely would encourage you to listen back to that episode and also download download our free progress plan for this month to make shifts that you need. Today is a topic that I find so fascinating and it is how to get out of a funk. And I'm really doing my best to say that word right (laughs) for obvious reasons. Our guest today is Natalie Norton. She is a life coach, a writer, a podcaster, and a mama extraordinaire. And she is going to teach us what she does to get out of a funk and how she helps others do the same. Before we dive in, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Mother's Day is around the corner and I have the gift you can give yourself. If you're like me and do that sort of thing, I give myself gifts all the time. Uh, This is a Loom journal. Loom inspires parent-child connection through beautiful writing prompts, get-to-know-you activities, and memory keepers. It's a journal that you pass between parent and child. I have so enjoyed doing this with my oldest daughter for over six months that I recently bought three more with my own money to do with my other kids as they gradually get older. Loom Journals has provided us with a fantastic code of 15% off using the word or the phrase about progress, and that expires May 17th. I so hope you can get one or more and use that to connect to a child in your family who really needs it, and it's the gift that keeps on giving to yourself. Are you an aspiring podcaster? I love to consult beginning podcasters and share everything I know, the more the merrier in this field. You can email me at hello at about progress to learn more about that. But whether or not you use me as a consultant, I have to share this with you. You need a podcast host. A host stores all your data, distributes your episodes automatically, and tracks all of your stats from one place. I have been a huge fan of Libsyn, which is my host. It's spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. And I've been paying for this service myself for over two and a half years. Well, almost two and a half years. They are always ahead of the business. They have the best customer service in my experience, and I've used them a lot. You can get your first month free with the code MONICA with Libsyn. Again, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N, and use the code MONICA for your first month plus free. I know you are going to love this chat with Natalie. Her podcast, Show Up, has been blowing my mind each week. In addition to the years of teaching she has done on Instagram, this woman has a heart of gold and she also knows her stuff. She has been through so much personally herself, which you'll hear about, but Natalie knows also how to honor the hard we all experience without having to rank that level of hard. It's all hard. So before we, we dive into this, we just wanted to clarify, a funk in our minds is different from depression, anxiety, and other mental illness, but it still needs helping nonetheless. So let's dive in to learning about what you can do to help you get out of one of those funks when you experience them while you're on this path of messy progress. My name is Natalie Norton, and I live on the North Shore of Oahu with my husband, Richie, and um, our three sons. Raleigh, Cardin, and Lincoln. Um, I'm a retired photographer, and I've recently moved into the world of podcasting. Um, I'm still working as a life coach and doing a lot of different kinds of business development coaching and um, personal development coaching, but this podcast is really my main gig right now, that and being a mom. Oh, and you are so wonderful at it. You've changed so many lives. I think you're one of the first people I really started following on Instagram um, who... 
yeah, who just really spoke to my heart. I mean, authentic is such a big word these days for, you know, a good reason, but often not really what authentic was supposed to be for, you know, and, but you were there for the, for the right reasons right away. And you've changed so many lives because of that. So I'm so grateful you're here. Well, thank you. And I appreciate you saying all of that. Like it really has been a concerted effort. And so, um, when people recognize it in that way, it really is meaningful. So thank you so much. Well, you deserve it. Well, today, Natalie, we're here to talk about something I consider you an expert in. And, you know, people who are experts have had to invest, you know, I think it's thousands of hours into something. And, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately for you, you have had experience in the mess of progress and how it's never easy to grow. And it can be it can be confusing and stressful and challenging and all of that. So I just wanted to start this interview by asking, what has progress looked like for you? And how has it been messy for you? Wow. Um, that, first of all, I just want to acknowledge um, the hours thing that you mentioned that I think isn't that Malcolm Gladwell who talks about yes, the number right. of hours it takes to achieve like your expert status and something and I've honestly never sat and thought about that before yeah as it relates to like my own <laughs> messy progression <laughs> yes but 100% for sure you're right I mm-hmm. am absolutely an expert at this point in mm-hmm. um, the messy path of progression not just progression but the kind of progression that sways and ebbs and flows. I think that if you were to take an aerial view of um, my path to get from where I was maybe five or 10 years ago to where I am now, it might look a little bit like shoots and ladders. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, like that, that the important thing is that I just kept putting one foot in front of the other. Right. And mm-hmm. um, I'm, I think I'm, I not I think I know I can say with certainty that I am absolute evidence of the fact that persistence pays off mm-hmm. even your meager efforts um, as long as you just keep putting one foot in front of the other or sometimes you're going to be on your hands and knees and it's going to be one hand and one knee in front of the other but as long as you can keep moving in the right direction eventually um, it pays off oh yeah I you know I would love I know you have many examples of this, but what's something at top of mind for you that comes um, up that you know, well, this is a great example of that? Oh, goodness. Um, it's tricky because some of the examples that I have from my life, just because my um, my own circumstantial experience has been a little bit unique to what most people experience, mm-hmm. um, it makes it maybe a little bit less relatable. So yeah. let me share maybe two examples. I would love that. I- really quickly. So the first would be um, after the death of my son, um, my our little boy Gavin passed away. And he died just um, just about two years after my brother Gavin passed away. Mm-hmm. And both of those losses obviously affected us deeply. And um, my brother had lived with us on and off for five years prior to his death. And in many ways was like a son more than mm-hmm. um, a sibling. Yeah. And I think that that added a lot of complexity. And When something like that shows up, the totality with which it um, overtakes your life is absolutely complete. Mm -hmm. And it was so hard. And I I remember the years, I mean, not just weeks, not just Mm -hmm. months, Mm -hmm. years of feeling compromised and feeling like no matter how hard I worked or how much effort I put in, I, 
I was broken and I couldn't move at the same pace as everyone else. And everything felt sloppy and foreign and hard. And um, it, it, it was incredibly discouraging from time to time. But as I reminded myself of um, truly this phrase came to my mind over and over and over again. And I've come to learn over the years that that's sort of the way that God communicates with me. A phrase will come to my mind consistently. And in this mm. case, it was, it was slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. And um, it wasn't, it wasn't communicating the desire to win or to overtake anyone or, but just the idea that every effort I made, even though it may be feeble was meaningful. And I held on to that um, belief and yeah, maybe it took us a little bit longer to, to accomplish some of the quote unquote milestones um, that we saw some of our peers and friends reaching, but um but we did it and, and I wouldn't change anything because yes, I would love to have my brother back. I would love to have my son back. But um, I think that the depth of growth that took place, it wasn't just a superficial growth during those years of our lives. Necessity pushed us into this place where we had to dive deep and I would never change that because it's blessed us so, so much. Um, Then in our like maybe digestible or relatable level Um, I remember a period of time where I was really, really working to um, build up my physical strength and stamina. I wanted to run this race. It was just like a little 5K or something. And this was very recently. And every day I would get up. I had a plan for how many miles I needed to be able to run by this date and what time I would run each day and what workouts Mm -hmm. I would do to stop. I, I really, I had it all planned out, like, even in terms of the types of foods that I would eat. And so I was ready. I was ready to go. And it felt like during the period of time I had set aside for that training, every single day, something that was completely outside of my control came up and just took my feet out from under me. Like either a kid was sick or it was pouring rain so I couldn't go hike the way I had planned. Or I got sick. I got recurrent sinus infection during that period of time. And it was so and I just felt like every time I would get up, I would get pushed back down again. And, you know, in the end, I still completed the race. I did the best that I could. I didn't do amazingly well. I didn't finish first. I didn't finish last. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you know, I, I did what I could with what I had and everything worked out. But it was very frustrating. You know, I think <laughs> regardless of if someone has experienced either one of those scenarios, you know, I relate to feeling compromised. I relate to feeling frustrated oh. over a slow grow. And sure. yes, I haven't dealt with those devastating losses you have. Um, but all of us to an extent understand the the slow grow there and the frustration behind that. And, you know, part of growth too is what we call a funk. You know, when, I don't know how else to describe it, it just feels like you have cement yeah. uh, tied to your feet but mentally, physically, emotionally can be a whole number of ways. What does that look like for you? Some of the things that I find specifically that show up are I, I lose interest in mm-hmm. things that normally I enjoy. And it doesn't mean that I'm depressed or that I'm in like some kind of clinical depression spiral, but just in general, like it yeah. could be, you know, I just, I don't want to get up and get ready for the day. I don't want to take a shower. I don't, mm-hmm. um, I, nothing is as funny as it used to be, or everything kind of seems as though it's dimmed a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. And, 
um, just that that disengagement from from the the place in my spirit and in my soul that normally feels so vibrant and alive, it just feels mm. flat. Kind of like when you've shaken up a uh, soda, right? Yes. And then you it and then you drink it and it just doesn't taste right because mm-hmm. it's flat. Yes. That's sort of how my spirit feels. <laughs> my yeah. <brain>. Okay, <laughs> you've already described this perfectly because I like that you you were able to talk about this is kind of a different level thing. This is not, you know, a deep depression or anxiety spiral. This is a little different. It's, you know, not the step above. They're kind of separate things. But yeah, this loss of yourself, really, right? Just feeling like you're not yourself. Whether it's clinical anxiety and depression or a funk that is caused by different triggers, Mm -hmm. there are things in both instances that I have found to be incredibly beneficial. Um, clearly, when you're dealing with clinical depression, there are added elements. Things yeah. like going and talking to your medical provider, your your primary care physician, or your psychologist, or um, a trusted friend. Right? There's there's things that are added onto the work that we're talking about. But really, on in the most basic on the most basic level, there's a lot of crossover. Honestly, yeah. What do you think that is? Um, for me, and it sounds silly, I, I hate to like, I hate to generalize and say this will work for everyone. But for myself and almost every single client I've ever worked with, one of the most important things is hygiene. And I know that that sounds silly. And I know like some people are sitting there going, hygiene, what are you even talking about? That's so dumb. But <laughs> getting in the shower every day, even if yes. you get out, you put your pajamas back on and you climb back into bed. There's something about caring for your physical body that sort of triggers something inside of you that says, Hey, Mm -hmm. you are a living being that needs to be nurtured and cared for. Mm -hmm. And I know from, I I know that we, we hadn't planned on really talking about depression. So I'm sorry, I keep bringing this up, but this is what even during time. Okay. Well, even during times when I was in the deepest, darkest, of depression mm-hmm. and I it sounds silly to anyone from the outside looking in because it's such a hard thing to um, wrap your head around if you haven't experienced it but getting up and getting in the shower truly on some level felt like no different than someone saying to me hey could you just run out really quick and climb Mount Everest like it's incredibly <laughs> yeah. challenging yes but I know I know it is non-negotiable mm-hmm. and um, so whatever the situation if I'm feeling gross like or flat or confused or overwhelmed or let's just throw out that blanket statement if I feel as though I'm in a funk first and foremost I brush my teeth and I take a shower hmm. it's it can be that basic I love that I know. yeah yeah it it really um just goes to show um how much of our suffering exists in our minds because truly there's nothing magical about a shower mm-hmm. but it's a pattern interrupt. You know, all the other things I've also said, yes, all of that is true and real as it relates to waking us up to our, the fact that we're a living being who deserves care, but also we're interrupting a pattern. Like we're interrupting whatever we're doing and turning right or turning left. And pattern interrupts can really, really help kind of shake us out of whatever we're stuck inside of. Um, some other things that really help are getting outside yeah. Um, okay. Spending time in nature. Three deep breaths is, again, seems like a silly thing, but focusing on embodying yourself. There is so 
much power there because it sort of brings us back to ourselves and we're no longer out there floating in, an, in you know, oblivion, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that you're giving us some really doable tools because when you're in a funk, I mean, it seems like either you have to do these grandiose things to get out of it or you just don't even try. Yeah. Well, which is one of the reasons that I think we stay stuck mm-hmm. because everything sounds really overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And also, let's be honest, there are periods of time and we just have to take ownership of this as responsible adult human beings. There are periods of time when we find a, a sense of catharsis in our funk, right? Yes. Like where it almost feels good or mm-hmm. it almost feels well-deserved. And so we sort of want to camp out there. And so if we're trying to break free of that, but we're in that space of catharsis or apathy, sort of, um, it's a lot harder to convince ourselves that breaking free is something we really want to do. And if you make the the barrier to entry to getting back into feeling like yourself again, some huge thing that needs to be done, some huge project. Well, I was going to say, I think we almost ad- adopt the idea that it has to be really big because then that also gives us another reason to not try. You know, it's one of those weird <laughs> little tricks we do on ourselves. Why do you think we we love to do this to ourselves, put ourselves in this position of martyrdom um, instead of realizing these small, simple steps of basic self-care and mindfulness and presence can make a big difference. We, as human beings, and particularly women, um, we're sort of socially conditioned towards needing a tremendous amount of empathy because we're also conditioned towards providing so much empathy and love, Mm. um, which is wonderful. It's one of the most sacred and beautiful parts of being a woman. But often what happens is if we've been going, 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 and we don't feel as though we're seeing any kind of recognition for what we may be experiencing or what may be, um, or, or how much we're investing. It can be, it can, we can sort of get into a funk where we feel as though, um, like the word you used, martyrdom, um, that's a really good one. Often we feel as though we're martyrs and um, no one sees how much we do and no one sees how much we give and no one sees what we're suffering through. Um, and because of that, we we feel this like holy kind of like uh, possession over these feelings that we have, even though they're feelings we don't want, Mm. (laughs) even though they're feelings we don't like, it's like as a matter of principle. Right. And one of the things that I've found to be really successful is developing a relationship of empathy and love within yourself. I have found it incredibly powerful to develop that friendship with myself and that empathy with myself when I've developed the ability really to breathe deep and to, again, goes back to the idea of embodying myself and speaking those truths that I need to hear from the outside to myself. Like, Hey, Hmm. Natalie, I know it sounds silly, but I'll talk to myself in the third person. Hey, Natalie, I want you to know that I'm here for you. And I know that you're feeling really angry right now. or I know that you're feeling really sad or overwhelmed or, afraid. And I just want you to know that all those feelings are valid. And I see how hard you're working and I see how hard you're trying. And I want you to know that I'm here. Right. And I know that I know I get it. I get that these things just seem so silly, but I would say, you know, of the top 10 ways I've learned to get myself through a hard thing, that's right up there with everything else. It's it's really um, a great practice and it's just a great way to develop. Um, self-trust 
and to develop um, a greater esteem for yourself, top to bottom, really. Well, and I love that this can carry you through something as debilitating as grief that can't be rushed and something on a different level, just a basic funk. Um, it really does go back to these doable ways of embodying ourselves. You know, you t- you mentioned the thing um, about triggers, like how we can be triggered into a funk. And what came to mind as you were just sharing this is it seems like we've lost ourselves. We've lost this embodiment of ourselves. Uh, what do you have to say about that as well as what are some other triggers that people can be aware of, of what might be initiating this time in their life where they don't feel like themselves? Yeah. Um, one of the, the most invisible triggers that I think people face is um, anything that they're avoiding. So I, I, I honestly couldn't even tell you if this is something that is true for, for many other people, but I would say that my number one, um, the number one trigger for me as it relates to getting into a feeling of, of being in a funk, quote unquote, would be avoidance. Um, I'll find myself, you know, gravitating towards wanting to watch more television than normal or I'll find myself craving more sugar than normal, right? Because mm-hmm. that same programmed response, wanting to kind of push those feelings down with, with distraction of any kind, whether it's food or entertainment. Um, and if I can just take a deep breath and say, okay, I'm going to let myself watch Netflix. That's fine. But before I turn the TV on, I'm going to ask myself why it is that I want to watch Netflix. Is it just because I've had a long day and I need a break? Or is there something that's going on internally that I'm avoiding? Yes. And often the latter, you know, mm-hmm. and if we can catching ourselves in the beginning, um, we can really realign. And back to that idea of having a relationship with ourselves, we also have the opportunity to say to ourselves, like, let's say that I'm going to go turn on Netflix and I have this sudden thought, um, or I do that self-evaluation and I realize that I'm avoiding some big writing project that I have to get done. Um, because I'm just worried on some level, whether I'm aware of it or not, I'm worried that I'm not going to be good enough at it, that I'm not going to mm-hmm. do a good enough job. And once I tune inward and I realize that, taking a deep breath and saying to myself, Natalie, I want you to look at your track record. You're a good writer. Mm-hmm. You're capable of doing really hard things. And I know you're afraid and I'm here for you and it's okay. We'll do this together. It seems, again, ridiculous. And yet those are the kinds of conversations I'm having with myself every single day. I've, I've taught myself to become my own grief companion or my own therapy dog. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, there's just so much power there. So much power there. Self-awareness is really at the heart of all of this work. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to get out of a funk, I, I, I promise you that the key is becoming self-aware. And we can be triggered, triggered by all kinds of things. It could be something that someone else says. It could be a thought that we think. We aren't even aware that we thought. Maybe it's, oh, I don't like the way that I, that I look in this outfit, right? And we don't even realize that we thought that thought. And yet that thought could have magnetized us, like sucked into this vortex we call being in a funk, right? Uh, could be worrying about the future or staying stuck in thoughts about the past. Okay. Anytime we're not in happy present moment, we have a lot higher propensity of feeling off. Yeah. Um, because the place we can really experience is here and now, right? Try mm-hmm. to do something yesterday. You can't. <laughs> yeah. Try to do something tomorrow. You can't. The only place that we can affect any kind of change, do anything or think or be is here and now. And so if we ourselves constantly replaying things from yesterday or thinking about things for tomorrow, 
we're going to feel off, mm-hmm. right? And when we come back to the present moment and become self-aware, um, we get our power back. And that in and of itself could be a huge, huge gift as it relates to getting ourselves out of the when we do find ourselves in that space. And also maybe even um, curbing our propensity towards falling into that space in the first place. Definitely. And, you know, for me, I think another trigger that is related to this is comparison. And, you know, you talk about how Acura is being self-aware. I think comparison is where you put the spotlight on you in a way that you're not realizing where you compare yourself to others from almost like a selfish point of view of not really seeing yourself for who you are. It's this weird kind of a uh, flip floppy thing. Like you're paying too much attention to yourself, but not in this way that you really are self-aware. Um, you're only uh, aggrandizing the things you don't love about yourself and comparing that to someone else at their peak. So what is self-awareness? I, you, you touch on this, but how is that different than only thinking about yourself or getting caught okay. up in that comparison? Well, so, okay, so there's two things here. Um, one thing first, I want to speak to what you said about comparison, mm-hmm. um, just in and of itself, away from self-awareness. And I want you to imagine, we've all done this before, like on a camp out or whatever, telling scary stories, you have the flashlight, right? And you shine it underneath your chin. And what happens, right? The, the shadows that, that are cast and the, are by your chin and the light that's allowed to enter up onto your face creates kind of that ghoul-like, scary mm-hmm. representation of the face, right? And then if you take that same flashlight and you shine it right on someone's face, they don't have any of those weird shadows, right? Because the light is <laughs> yes. hitting everywhere on our face equally. And so when it comes to comparison, it's not even a matter of you comparing yourself to like someone else's success or someone else's amazing thing. It also has to do with the angle from which you're viewing that amazing thing. Mm -hmm. You have a very limited perspective and that perspective is skewed by so many different things. You're seeing it through a lens of your own past experience. You're seeing it through a lens of a lot of assumptions that are being made. Like, and then you're seeing yourself with that shadow cast under your chin that makes you look crazy and scary. Right. Mm -hmm. And so remembering in a moment of comparison, that you're not seeing actual reality, you are seeing a representation of reality. And choose to just break free. Choose yeah. say, say, oh, no, I'm not I'm not going to fall into this. Like, I'm just not going to go there. I'm not going to fall into this trap. Because I know that nothing is as it seems. And mm-hmm. that all I'm seeing and experiencing right now is a version of reality. And it's not reality itself. And truly don't allow yourself to get any more space or energy for that kind of thinking. And can it be hard? For sure. So what do you do? Maybe you create a mantra where anytime, if you have a real propensity towards falling into comparative thoughts, maybe you have a mantra that says, I am more than enough in all situations because I am filled with divine might. Just made that up off the top of my head. It's probably not the best one. No, I think that's amazing. Find one that works for you. And mm-hmm. anytime you fall into comparison, comparative thinking, repeat that mantra. And then you're suddenly shifting the focus to this new thing. And you're filling up that space that used to be available for comparison with something new and positive. And over time, these things become habitual. They mm-hmm. really do. Like the same way that I, that I mentioned that I, it's become a habitual um, response for me when I'm, you know, in a funk or when I'm feeling really like, like I'm not being seen and lonely or whatever to become my friend and say, Hey, Nat, 
I'm here for you. You're doing a great job. I see it. I recognize it. We can do this together. You're strong enough. You're brave enough. We can do this together. That's become a habit for me. You asked specifically about self-awareness. Um, and in the most simple sense, um, self-awareness is just being very aware of your own presence in your life, of what you're feeling in any given moment, of what you're doing in any given moment. It's focusing your attention and your evaluation on your own behavior and your own internal standards and your own values hmm. rather than on everything that's coming from the outside in. And the goal in self-awareness in order to approach it in a way that is, is as healthy as can possibly be, is we want to do this. We want to engage in this kind of awareness from a space of neutrality. We want to be as objective as we possibly can. Um, because often when I say to people, you know, we need to be more self-aware, if their internal self is full of self-criticism and judgment and all these lies that they've filled themselves with, the last thing we want to do is amplify those voices, Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And so instead realizing, okay, what's happening right now? So let me give you an example. Recently, my husband and I had a little, a little tip and I don't even remember what it was about. Yeah, that's usually how it goes, right? Yeah. Uh, right, I know. I was 100% certain that I was right. Mm -hmm. And he was 100% certain that he was right. And in my self-awareness, I could, I, I, I go inside and without thinking, oh my gosh, Richie is the worst. I'm so <laughs> mad at him. Yeah. Like, I cannot believe he did all these things. Um, or thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so amazing. And I can't believe he cannot see. This is as clear as day. Instead, I go inside from a space of curiosity. And I say, let's look at this objectively. And it's sort of like puzzle pieces. And I'm just sort of flipping them over. I'm not going to have an opinion about every piece. I'm not going to go, ooh, this piece is so gross. I can't even believe it. This shape is awful. I'm just looking at the pieces and flipping them over, getting them all right side up, and then slowly finding the corner pieces and just sort of putting it together without any kind of judgment, without any kind of opinion, just really looking at what's what and allowing what is to be what is. Um, allowing. I love that. That's self-awareness. Allowing. I can go on and on. That's the, the most simple way that I can explain it. But the ultimate goal of our self-awareness is compassion. Compassion towards okay. us, towards ourselves, mm -hmm. and also towards others. Being willing to be filled with compassion and love and experience things as they are from a space of as much love as we possibly can. Because I believe that at the purest state, our default, every single one of us, even my crazy husband who thinks he's right, when I'm totally right, yes, of course. <laughs> even him, his default is a space of love and compassion, mm -hmm. as is mine. Oh. And if, if we can look at things with, uh, with greater insight and through a lens of compassion and love, everything changes. Well, and there's gosh, so think much about power our, in that. There really is. Think about our ability to look at the messy state of our progression mm -hmm. and to not see these funks and these hardships as setbacks, but instead to see them as, you know, it's like that quote that's been, that's been going around the internet. Um, I, like when there's darkness, it's easy to assume that you've been buried when in fact you've been planted, right? What if, in any circumstance when you felt as though you had just been so 
you know, knocked down or the rug had been pulled out from under you, or you just felt off and awful or whatever, whatever, whether it's circumstantial or whether it's from your own thinking or whatever is going on. What if instead of approaching each of those circumstances as another slap in the face or, well, there it is, the other shoe just dropped. What if instead you said, I've been planted, Hmm. I've been planted, I've been planted by a, a divine light that is greater than anything that I could possibly imagine. And I'm being nurtured. And as long as I keep putting one foot in front of the other, I'm going to grow into something greater than I could even comprehend. Oh, that's so beautiful, Natalie. And and so real. I mean, this is anchored in real life crap, you know, for you. Like, this is not learned just on a cloud somewhere while you're just enjoying everything great and amazing that life has to offer you. This is this was cultivated through the hardest experiences you can face on the earth. And there's so much more that I know you've experienced too that uh, connect to what you've learned here. And I'm just really grateful that you would share how that relates to what you've gone through and the clients you've worked with. And I just had one final question on it. How does someone know when it's a funk or when it's a sign that they need to change directions, that maybe this is not just a period of them getting lost in a lack of self-awareness, but really it's actually a sign that things need to shift dramatically in their lives or they need to stop doing something or start doing something. We're, we're wiser than we know. And hmm. because I don't have a long time to elaborate on this, yeah. I think that that's maybe the very best thing that I can say I think so many of us have developed an, imp- an impulsive need to have external validation and opinions and information, so much so that we have neglected really growing and developing that space within ourselves where we can communicate with God or the divine or whatever language you want to use. It's unimportant to me. But all of us would agree that there's some kind of life-giving force and that that source is all-knowing. Um, I think about my, when I said earlier that what a blessing it was to go through so many hard things. And I really appreciated what you said about how we all go through different versions of hard things, but that heavy and hard is heavy and hard. And it doesn't have to be a hierarchy, right? So it doesn't matter if it's that a child has died or that, you know, it could be anything. But what, what I have found in one, one place where I really do believe that I was blessed and that I was lucky is that. When, when the stakes are as high as they are with some of the hard things that I've gone through, whether it was, you know, my, my brother passing away, having to bury my son, or um, we had a failed adoption after two years mm-hmm. of um, having those three kids in our home uninterrupted, like 100% they were ours, and then one day they yeah. weren't. Yeah. And um, there's just been, a, I had a stroke at 38 or 35, excuse mm-hmm. me, and, you know, these things that just show up. And. I think that the gift inside of them, the greatest gift has been that when stuff is really that obliterative, when it really does, when there really is no clear way through, when there really is not a soul on the planet Earth who can come in and say, here is what you do, then the only place left to go is inside. Mm-hmm. And so that is maybe the greatest gift that my hardships have, have given me. And it's the way 
the one way in which I believe that I am uniquely blessed. And that's something I would never wish any one mm-hmm. of the, the crazy things that have happened in my life on anyone else. Yeah. But that is one thing I wish I could impart on every person mm-hmm. was to help them break that compulsive um, desire to reach for their iPhone or yes. to, to ask their neighbor or to see what so-and-so is doing or to look in this book. Or what if instead your first response was a deep breath and asking that light, that God within you, where do I go next? Because I promise you that if you can develop that habit, that propensity, your life will never be the same. And you will have so much more direction. And even when you're not exactly sure where you're going, which let me be honest, I'm never exactly sure where I'm going. Thank you for the saying only that. I'm sure of, yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, the mm-hmm. only thing I'm ever sure of is that I'm going to keep going. That no matter what, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to keep putting one foot in front of the other. I'm positive about that because I mm-hmm. firmly believe that it is easier for God to direct a ship that has already left the harbor. I really do believe that. Mm-hmm. And so as long as I can keep myself in motion, even if I'm not positive about the direction I'm taking, as long as I can say, what's the next good thing I could do here? My best guess <laughs> and trust that my next best guess is enough and that God can redirect me because I'm willing to be redirected. And wow. That's my recommendation. Uh, You know, that's so good, especially the moving forward. That really is the point. And I I really feel like the thing we get caught up in is thinking that we only have one definable mission or purpose or any of that. And, And I just believe differently. I believe we make purpose happen by moving forward. And, you know, we get directed. Like you said, I, I don't really feel like there's a really, really wrong turn. You know, I, I, yep, I agree. I, I mean, outside of like very obvious, I know I was going to say, except as, like murder, but you yeah, know, <laughs> as, as a sign, there are definitely things that we have agreed upon as yes. like these are not okay behaviors. But exactly. outside of that, I, I agree with you. Um, after we lost our twins and our, and our seven year old daughter, mm-hmm. um, I just, I felt so broken and I really did feel a lot of, um, not self-pity necessarily, but I was very aware for maybe the first time ever that I had reached a, a quota, so to speak, internally. Like I did not have the capacity to lose anymore. And yeah. I, I just felt so hollow and so broken and so afraid. And for the first time truly ever in my life, I found myself asking why. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I didn't ask why when my brother died or when my son died it, I hurt and I had a lot of other really hard things to deal with but that idea of why wasn't something that came up but it did when we lost August and Lulu and Alfie and and now thinking about it it, it was just such a hard hard thing um, mm-hmm. for me because I felt as though I did not have another breath inside my lungs I had nothing left to give mm-hmm. and like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, um, how phrases will come to my mind, like slow and steady wins the race. Um, the phrase that came to my mind during this period of my life was, don't ask why, ask what next. Hmm. And so every morning when I woke up and I 
was just flooded with that feeling of, I cannot believe this was my reality. And just that ache and that, that torment, that internal torment, instead of allowing myself to get stuck in that space of why me, or I can't believe it, or, or how come, or how could you, or any of those things, I wanted to feel like I had power. And I wanted to feel like I had a choice, that I wasn't just stuck, that my life wasn't just hijacked. And by asking what next, I took back my personal power. And it was quite a miraculous thing. And so that would be my encouragement for anyone out there who feels stuck or who isn't sure, you know, how things got to where they are or why they can't seem to break free or just what next. And maybe it's as simple as what can I do in this one moment? doesn't have to be some big thing. Like, yeah. what am I going to do for the rest of my life? What, if uh-huh. it's, what am I going to do this afternoon? Mm. Yes. And that can help us create momentum and momentum builds. It really does. Um, before before I let you go, I, I, I just want to ask you, you know, a question I didn't prepare you for at all, but this is just more your, your life right here, right now. How is progress looking messy for you right now? And how are you working your way through it? Oh, that's a good question. Um, it's looking messy right now in that there's a lot that's unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I mentioned, I, I started this podcast and I love it. Mm-hmm. And it's also a lot more work than I thought that it would be, I think. Um, it's it also is. easier than I thought in some mm-hmm. ways, but yeah. in lots of ways harder. And, you know, you're looking ahead and thinking, how do I sustain this? Like, this is so much work. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, you're not making any money. And nope. <laughs> it, it, there's, it, it, it's just incredibly challenging. And yeah. then take all of that and place it next to my desire to be the best mom that I can possibly be. Mm-hmm. And to never um, do anything at the expense of those relationships in my life that matter most and those values in my life that matter most, which all center around my family. Mm-hmm. And so every day, it's a little clumsy. Yeah. Um, but I also know that I'm doing my best and I really, I say this on my podcast every day, but I really want you to know that it's because I believe it. My best is always enough. It's always enough. And so it's a mess. It is a straight up, if I could say a cuss word, I would say the S-H-I-T <laughs> word right now. Yes. <laughs> it is a yes. that storm. Yes. That storm right now. But I'm doing my best. And I believe it's enough. And I believe that your best is enough. And I believe every one of you listeners out there, I'm looking at you, I'm talking to you, your best is enough too. Well, we can't end on a better note than that. Natalie, thank you so much for coming on the show and teaching all of us and being a part of what is the most beautiful community, I think, out there and for leading the helm. i just really grateful for you in every way. Oh, and I, you are just so kind and it just means the world, your encouragement and your support. And you've just been so welcoming. I, I'm just very, very thankful for this opportunity. Thank you for having me. I am so glad you listened to get the hug and kick in the pants you needed to grow. Let's take your learning to the next level. Print off this month's progress plan that is free by going to my website about progress.com slash free. Also, join our free and private Facebook group called A Work in Progress via the link in my show notes, which you can also find on my website aboutprogress.com. And best of all, be heard on this show. Be featured on the last episode of each month that is called Dear Progressor, where our listeners really, really shine. To learn how to do this, go to aboutprogress.com slash be on the show. You do have something of great value to share with this community, and we all need to hear you. 
Thank you so much for being here. And remember, life is about progress, not perfection. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.